This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, let's bow our heads and let's open in prayer as you're doing that. Let me take this opportunity and thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev for a wonderful privilege to be able to have ministered this weekend and ministering again tonight. I want to thank them for trusting me this evening with the word. So let's pray. Father, we want to thank you once again that you have brought us together in your house to sit under your word. And so, Lord, we remind ourselves that without you, we can do nothing. So come and have your way, Lord. I invite you to take control. I do not trust in my ability at all, but totally depend upon you to speak through me tonight. I pray that every ear is open to hear, every heart is ready to receive, and every life will change as a result of your word. And in advance, Lord, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, family, tonight... We are going to do a little bit of a Bible study. Is that good? So you need to have a pen and paper, a notebook, or if you're very quick on your phone, you can obviously take notes on there. The, the scriptures are on the church app, so you can go onto the church app if you'd like to follow on that. And there are some places that you can take notes, but we're going to study the word a little bit tonight. And so as I mentioned this morning, the title of my message is Master and Commander. If you weren't here this morning, it's got nothing to do with the Russell Crowe movie, Master and Commander, just in case you were wondering. But it, we will learn about really what is our master and our commander. And uh, we want it to be Jesus. That's what we want. But we'll find out tonight that's not necessarily the case. So I'm going to lay a little bit of a foundation. And so uh, we're going to skip through a few verses for time's sake. But I'm going to start right in the book of beginnings in Genesis chapter 1. And by tomorrow morning, we would have got to Revelation. Just kidding, <laughs> okay. Genesis chapter one. And we're gonna read some things here to lay a foundation to show you how important this is. So in Genesis chapter one from verse three, we read the following. It starts off in verse three and it says this. Then God said, let there be light and there was light. So God spoke and something happened, right? In verse six, it says, then God said, let there be a firmament permanent, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. There we go. In the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Verse nine starts off again and it says, then God said. Verse 11 starts off and it says, then God said. Verse 14, then God said. Verse 20, then God said. Verse 24, then God said. So yeah, family, as we read this, we are seeing that God, in the book of beginnings in Genesis, speaks the world into being. He speaks and something happens. He speaks and something happens. As he says something, it happens. That's what God did. Now look at verse 26, just the A portion of the verse. It says this in the New Living Translation. Then God said, let us make people in our image, to be like ourselves. So what did God intend? He intended to make people to be like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, to be like ourselves. But what did God do? God spoke and something happened. He intended us to be like that, to take control with our words, to speak and something happens, to speak and something happens. That's what he intended. He intended for us to walk and be in control. That's what he intended, amen? So we see in the beginning 
the importance of saying something for something to happen. Then we get to the New Testament. And Jesus once again affirms that. In Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus speaking, and he says this, for assuredly, you can count on this. You can depend on this. You can be certain on this thing. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever, now tell me, is that just a Christian? Who's whoever, any person? Do you think whoever is maybe just limited to a certain group of people? No, it says here, Jesus saying, he says, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he might have whatever he says. No, no, the Bible says he will have whatever he says. So Jesus, yeah, once again confirms, you can speak to your life circumstances. You can speak to your mountains in your life. You can tell them to disappear, your problems, your challenges. You can speak. If you believe what you're saying, you're gonna have it. That's what he said, right? So he's just affirming what God said in the beginning. If you speak, something will happen. If you speak, something will happen. That's what Jesus has confirmed. Now, before you and I started our walk off as Christians, you became a Christian, not because you did a whole lot of good things. You never became a Christian because you thought it was a good idea. Your Christian walk started off by your words. You see, Romans 10 from verse nine says this, that if you confess with your mouth, not think in your head, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So your Christian walk started off because you said, Jesus, you are my Lord. You spoke it. You didn't think it. You didn't do a whole lot of good deeds, which now qualified you. You should do good things. Of course we should. But that's not what qualified you. You said, Jesus, you're my Lord. I believe you started off your Christian walk. Would you think that possibly your words have something to do with the rest of your Christian walk? Possibly. You see, if God created the planet that we live on by words and said, the people should be like us. Jesus said, you can have what you say if you believe it. And then after he had gone up to heaven, he then left us the formula how we become children of God, how we start off our journey by saying what we believe. And that made us right standing with God. And that's wonderful. But there's a problem. There's a little challenge. We're going to find out what the challenge is before we get to the solution. So turn with me to James chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, I'd love you to follow in there. James chapter 3. I'm going to read these couple of verses from the New Living Translation. And we're gonna pick it up in verse two. Verse two starts off and says, we all make many mistakes. <laughs> we all make mistakes, amen? Who in this room makes no mistakes? You don't make any mistakes. Okay, well, I'm amongst good company, <laughs> okay? We all make many mistakes. Listen to this. But those who control their tongues 
can also control themselves in every other way. Even though we make mistakes, if I can control my tongue, I can control myself in every other way. He goes on to say, we can make a large horse turn around and go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a tiny rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot wants it to go, even though the winds are strong. So also, so also, just like the tiny rudder controls the ship through the storms of life, so also the tongue is a small thing, but what enormous damage it can do. A tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is full of wickedness that can ruin your whole life. It can turn the entire course of your life into a blazing flame of destruction, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Verse 7, people can tame, listen to this, people can tame all kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and fish. Isn't that true? You've been to these aquariums where they have these shows and they get all the whales and all these things to do all these tricks, right? You train your little dog. I just wish I could train my little dog. I think that's a door stopper, but anyway. You can train all these animals. They can do amazing things. I mean, they've, they've uh, uh, even tamed lions for my wife's sake. They've even tamed lions. <laughs> can tame all sorts of animals. But look what the Bible says in verse eight. But no one can tame the tongue. No one can tame the tongue. It is an uncontrollable evil full of deadly poison. Now that's the problem. I'm gonna come back to that in a moment, but you have to remember that. If I cannot con con uh, tame my tongue, there seems to be a problem. Let's carry on reading, I'll come back to that. Sometimes this tongue, it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it breaks out into curses against those who have been made in the image of God. I always find that so amazing. We can come on a Sunday, oh Lord, we worship you, we praise you. We drive out the parking lot and say, what a dingbat. Can't believe that guy parked like that. So we can do that, but we can just curse those around us with the same tongue. Verse 10 says, and so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? And verse 12, can you pick olives from a fig tree or figs from a grapevine? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty pool. So family, we see from the beginning, God intended us to use our words. We see that. I believe his intentions were always for those words to be for good, right? We see that our Christian walk didn't start off unless we said something. But yeah, in James, it makes a very interesting statement in verse eight. It says, no one can tame the tongue, no one. So if you can't tame the tongue, does that mean you're just on a road to nowhere? You're just a slave. You're just going in whatever direction your tongue wants to go because you can't tame it. It's gonna say what it wants to say. Is that what it means? Well, if I can't tame the tongue, and I have to believe the word of God is 100% true, right? I can't tame my tongue. If my tongue can't be tamed, then I have to look what is feeding my tongue. What is giving my tongue what it needs to say? And if I can control that, then my tongue will say the right things. 
That's what I have to look at. You see, family, this is the thing you need to know. The tongue, although it cannot be tamed, the tongue is controlled by the heart. The tongue is controlled by the heart. So I've got to make sure that what's in my heart is right. And I'm not talking about your blood pump. I'm talking about the real you, the spirit man. You see, Jesus said in Matthew 15, 18, from the NLV translation, he says this. But whatever comes from the mouth has come out of the heart. Whatever, whatever, whatever comes from the mouth has come from the heart. Nobody can say, oh, where did that come from? I didn't mean to say that. It's in there. It's in there. You can't get a computer to give you a mathematical equation if you've never loaded the program. It's impossible. Can't do it, right? So if something's coming out of the mouth, it's in the heart. Else Jesus has made a mistake and he doesn't do that. Always remember this statement, family. Your mouth is the compass of your life and you are going in the direction of your words. Your mouth is the compass of your life and you are going in the direction of your words. So we have a problem. The problem is I can't tame the tongue. Can't do that. It's not possible. But Jesus said, that what's in my heart will determine what my tongue says. That's what Jesus said. What's in my heart will determine what my tongue says. So that means I've got to make sure that I'm allowing the right stuff into my heart. So turn with me to Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23 from the New Living Translation says this. Above all else. Now what's above that? Nothing. If I say above everything, that means there's nothing above this. Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. Really, my heart affects everything I do? Well, yes, because the heart gets the tongue to say something, and what the tongue says you have. Simple as that. What the tongue says you have. You see, you are created in the image and likeness of God, and God is called our creator. And if we're made in the image and likeness of God, who's our creator, we are going to have what we say because he created you to be that way. That's how you're made. Whether you like it or not, that's how you're made. I want to read that same verse in the God Word translation. It says this, guard your heart more than anything else because the source of your life flows from it. The source of your life is flowing from your heart. What does a God do? I did military training and if you ever watched a military movie and you see a, a guard standing at a, a, a military base at the entrance, they're standing there with their weapon. They are guarding the base. What does that mean? They are stopping what shouldn't be allowed in or they are allowing what should be allowed in to come in. That's what a guard does. They're guarding it. They're protecting it. Standing there to prevent what's not supposed to be in from coming in and allowing what's supposed to be coming in from coming in and you are the God of your heart you are the military soldier of your heart that's what the Bible says you must guard it you make the decision you're a free moral agent you get to choose God doesn't force you you get to choose what do I allow in what do I not allow in that's your choice the sad thing is family is that too many people allow the wrong stuff in we watch the wrong things we hang around the wrong people we read the wrong stuff, and we wonder, 
Where is this stuff coming from? Why am I living in a circle of defeat over and over again? Why can't I ever get out of this rut? Because without realizing it, you're saying things you shouldn't be saying because they're in your heart. You haven't been a good enough God to protect what you should be watching, protect what you should be reading. You gotta stop that stuff. You really have to do that. You see, Jesus in Luke 6 from verse 45, also from the NLV translation says this, good comes from a good man because of the riches he has in his heart. Sin comes from a sinful man because of the sin he has in his heart. Listen to this. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What is your heart full of? What is mastering you? What is mastering you? You see, 2 Peter says this. 2 Peter 2, 19, the second half of the verse says this. For a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. If I'm gonna continue to allow the wrong things in my life over and over and just feed my spirit man the wrong things, the strongest one will always stand up. And if the strongest one is filled with the wrong stuff, I'm gonna be mastered by what's in my heart. That is my master and my commander. That's really, if I'm filling it with the wrong stuff, I'm gonna say the wrong things. You see, when life is easy and things are just going well, it's easy to say the right things because everything's great. Oh, I can really think about what I have to say when everything's great. But if your heart's full of the wrong things and you slam your finger in a car door <laughs> and the pressure's on, It'll be one of those movies, beep, 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 beep. The beep, beep, car door, beep, 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 my finger. Because when the pressure's on, you don't get time to think. You see, when you get the bad news as a businessman and the pressure's on, you don't get time to think. And then the stuff comes pouring out what's inside. You say the wrong things. Yeah, I knew we would lose the deal. I just knew it would happen. Didn't I tell you, prophet of your own life? Didn't I say so? But when the heart's full of the word of God, when it's full of the right things and the pressure's on, you'll say the right things. That's what you'll do. You know, we know Romans 12 too very well. It says, do not be conformed to the world, but be, trans be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know that verse? Well, listen to it in the message translation. Same verse, message translation. It says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. I'll just hang around with these guys because it's cool, man. We're just my buds. We're gonna just do things. We'll watch a few movies. Man, that's okay. Everybody's doing it. It's gonna fit in. We'll just have a few drinks with everybody. That's cool, man, because everybody's doing it. It says, instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. That's the real way you change. You change from the inside out, not from the outside in. You know, people say they want to fix the world poverty problem by giving people money. That's never going to fix the world poverty problem. Because if you give a person money who doesn't know how to handle money, it's only a matter of time before they're poor again. You can look at many successful business people, many, that were liquidated. They understood prosperity. They started again and they were successful because it's from the inside out, not the outside in. You'll be changed from the inside out. It goes on to say, readily recognize what God wants from you and quickly respond to it. 
quickly respond to what God wants. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. You see, the Bible says, if you read the King James, you do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do you know you also have to renew your heart? Look at Ephesians 4.23. It says this, let your minds and hearts be made new. Minds and hearts. You see, what you think on and ponder on drops into your heart. What you are meditating on and thinking on is dropping into your heart. So if you're thinking on the wrong stuff, it's in your heart. If you're reading the wrong stuff, it gets into your heart. And so you gotta be careful. When you first got saved, I'm sure we can all attest to this. When you first gave your heart to the Lord, there were some things that still had to be worked out. <laughs> you didn't wake up the next day, little angel wings and, oh, everything's so nice, and saying all the right things. There was still an odd thing that you had to change, Right? Because the mind and the heart have to be renewed. There's stuff in the heart that needs to be changed. And that comes over time. So then family, how then? If, if this is the situation, our mouth cannot be controlled. We understand that our heart then gets the mouth to say what the mouth says. How then do we make the biggest change in that area? How do we make the biggest change in that area? The biggest change you can make to renew what's in your heart is the word of God. The biggest change. You can read nice books written by Christian authors. There's nothing wrong with that. You can listen to wonderful motivational speakings from Christians. There's nothing wrong with that. But the biggest change and quickest change you can make to your heart, which will change this thing over here called your tongue. And Apostle Theo always says people's problems are one inch below their nose because they're saying the wrong things. This is the biggest way. You see, Joshua 1 verse 8 says this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, for then what? Well, if you've meditated on the word, and you're doing the word then, for then, after you've done that, meditated on the word and are doing the word, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You see, family, the word of God has the ability to change every situation. Listen to me, every situation, no matter how impossible it sounds or looks, the word of God has the ability to change every situation. Psalm 138, uh, 138, tells us that God has placed his word above his name. Just ponder on that for a moment. God says, I've placed my word above my name, but yet Jesus has the name above every name. Jesus' name is awesome, right? But yet he says, I've placed my word above my name. Do you understand how important the word of God is? You're not just reading letters on a page. You've got to understand how powerful this is. Look at Hebrews 4 verse 12, again from the NLV translation. It says, God's word is living and powerful. Just stop there. God's word is living and powerful. If it's alive, which it says it is, and it's powerful, which it says it is, then anything that's living and powerful has the ability to change something. 
If it's got power and it's alive, it has the ability to do something. So yeah, the Bible says that God's word is alive and powerful. It goes on in this translation to say, it is sharper than a sword that cuts both ways. It cuts straight into where the soul and spirit meet and it divides them. It cuts into the joints and bones. Listen to this. I love this. It tells the word of God. It, the word, tells what the heart is thinking about and what it wants to do. Gee, I love that. The word of God tells what the heart is thinking about, the real spirit man, and what it wants to do, the word. I would rather have the word telling my heart what to do than a movie. I would rather have the word directing me than some wonderful book written by Doodad who's supposed to be some fancy person. I'd rather have the word because it's living and powerful. The word of God is living and powerful. Family, the word of God in our heart will change the course of your life. It will change the course of your life. Trust me. If you will meditate on it, if you will spend time in it, if you will just devour the word, your mouth will speak it by default. When the challenges of life come, your mouth will speak the word, which will change the situation. I'm ministering this message because, not because I'm immune from this challenge at all. I need to hear the word, this message as much as anybody else. But whenever I speak to, sadly, many believers, I don't hear the life of God coming out of their mouth. Many times I hear the challenge. You know, and there's nothing wrong with saying, Pastor, the doctor said I have X, Y, and Z, but let me just tell you what I believe. I believe that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Or you know, they say at my company they're gonna retrench, but let me tell you, my God will supply all my needs. You know, my children aren't serving the Lord, but I wanna tell you, Joshua says, that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So I don't, problem, I don't have a problem hearing where you're at, but I wanna hear where you're going. I wanna hear what you're believing, amen? And family, we really have to take responsibility and say, I am where I am because I've made this choice by the words I've spoken. I am where I am because I've allowed myself to be influenced by the wrong things. It's just the truth. Look what Proverbs 10 verse 11 says here. It says, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. The mouth of the righteous. Proverbs 12 verse six says this, the mouth of the upright will deliver them. Will that, what are you facing? Doesn't matter what you're facing, family. The word of God will deliver you. If you will speak the promise, it has to work. The Bible says God's word will not return void. It will accomplish what it's been sent to accomplish. It says that it's impossible for God to lie, not difficult. It's impossible. I didn't say it's difficult for God. It says God cannot lie. If God says to you, listen, man, if you will declare my word and you'll be healed, then he won't lie. His word will go and do what his word will go and do. If his word says that you, if you're, you're, you're struggling in your business, find the promises in God's word and just keep on saying them over and over. Look at Proverbs 16, 23 and 24. It says this, the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. What the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Verse 24, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to your bones. 
pleasant words. You know, I know there's a, a challenge in the world where many people are having anxiety and they're down and they're depressed. And I understand there are circumstances that have placed them perhaps in that situation. But you know, the Bible says in Psalm 119 verse 168, great peace have those who love your Lord and nothing shall hurt them or offend them. If you just love His Word and spend time in His Word, more and more time in His Word, anxiety will go. It'll go, family. Depression will leave. I understand it's a fight, but hey, man, we're in a fight of faith. It says here, it's sweetness to your soul, your will, mind, and emotions. That's what your soul is, your will, mind, and emotions. If your mind's in turmoil, just read His Word. The peace of God will just be deposited in your heart. Great peace have they who love your Lord. If you love His Word, you'll experience His peace. You know, when I joined the church 30 years ago, it's 30 years ago now, praise God, that I've been a Christian family church. When we got saved back then, you had a little form that you'd get, a little card, fill it out, put your name on it, the date you got saved, who prayed the prayer with you. And on this little form had two things. The one side says, how to receive and retain your healing. And the other side says, my Christian passport. The very first thing we gave to believers, the very first thing we gave to believers was a Christian passport. And this is what the Christian passport says. My Christian passport, out of this world of failure into the kingdom of victory. In brackets, it says, it says start each day on the right foot by enthusiastically affirming your passport, speaking your passport. There were 25 points on it and we encourage all believers to read these every day it's in your app if you're wondering where can I get my Christian passport it's on the app the notes there but listen to these 25 points and everyone has a scripture behind it it says I am a winner I am a unique person and I am an adequate person I am unique and special my life has a purpose as a person I'm successful I'm strong and able I am sufficient for every task. I overcome every obstacle. I am more than a conqueror. I have divine protection. I'm secure and confident. Under trial, I will stand. My work shall prosper. I am well supplied. Health and prosperity are mine. I live in abundance. I am well and healthy. My thoughts are positive. I am filled with God's peace. My faith is strongly working. I am to a totally new person. I'm happy, happy, happy. I'm free, I'm free. All this is true and I believe it. And number 25, I envision each affirmation. Isn't that so awesome? My Christian passport. Your words are so important so so important and because I cannot tame my tongue I need to fill my heart with the right things because the heart gets the mouth to speak the heart gets the mouth to speak so family I want to encourage you for your own walk with God for your own victory in life devour the word there's not one person on the planet that can say I don't have time to read the Bible you can't say to me you don't even have time to read one verse now hopefully you're reading more than one verse but you cannot say you don't even have time for one verse. 
You need to be in the Word every day. Read it every day. If you'll fill your heart with the Word, when the challenges of life come, you will speak the Word, which is living and powerful, and it will change your circumstance. Amen. Praise God. Well, I hope that encourages you. The master and commander is one inch below your nose. <laughs> and if you will fill your heart with the Word of God, you will always have victory. I'd like to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to pray for people in a moment. But this for me is the most important part of every service. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Dear friend, I want to give you an opportunity here tonight to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you have never, ever, ever asked Him to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior, today's your day. If you're online watching or in another venue and you've never prayed that prayer, this is also for you. Now, friend, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not asking you to come up to me. I'm not going down to where you are. But in a moment, I'm gonna to count to three and you wanna make Jesus Lord of your life, just simply raise your hand and I'll pray for you. If you once served the Lord and today as you sit here and you've heard these verses and scriptures and you say, you know what, I've drifted away. My relationship is not where it used to be. I wanna come back to Jesus. Friend, let me include you in that prayer. And then you can know that your relationship with God has been renewed. And my third and final invitation is to any person who says, Pastor, I don't know what will happen to me when I breathe my last. I don't know if I'll make it to heaven or I'll burn in the flames of hell. Well, friend, don't leave with that question unanswered. Make Jesus Lord of your life. Know for sure that heaven is your home. So I'm gonna pray for you now. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, as I count to three, if you will raise your hand, say, pray for me. I wanna make Jesus Lord. I wanna come back to him. Oh, I wanna know for sure heaven is my home. Why don't you raise your hand now? One, two, three. Just lift it up above your head. God bless you. Good decision over there. God bless you at the back. Is your hand going up? I'm not sure. I can't see through the lights. If you want me to pray with you, just raise your hand. Is anybody over there? Just raise your hand. That's wonderful. If you're in another venue, you can just raise your hand. If you're online, just raise your hand as a sign to say, Jesus, you are my Lord. Now, friend, I want to pray for you. And I'm gonna ask everybody here tonight to join in this prayer. Let's pray together, but especially those that have raised their hands, say this prayer out aloud. Say with me, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight just as I am. I ask you, Lord, please forgive me for all of my sin. I do believe Jesus is Lord and He was raised from the dead. I choose to forgive every person who has hurt me or offended me. And I thank you, Father, that I am now part of your loving family. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. We are so proud of you for making this decision today, whether you're online or in person, congratulations. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.